0: Yes, we're back with another rider, another episode. Today we've got Sid in the house, and he's a uh, Disney—he's a sports presenter. He looks like he's just stepped out of FHM modelling shoot. (laughs) But we're just going to find out what Sid knows in life, what it's like to be a sports presenter, and see what we can learn. So nice to have you here. But before we get into that, do not forget to like, subscribe, and follow, and press that smash that share button. So nice to have you here today, Sid.
1: Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me, Simon.
0: That's good. So, why sports presenting?
1: Well, massively passionate about sport. Growing up, of course, It uh, was the only thing I was ever I could ever focus in on. To be honest, academics took a bit of a back seat when the Premier League was on over the weekends, and you know when the cricket matches were on as well. Those would be the two main sports that I was most passionate about. And ultimately, I think. That became the outlet to channelise all my energies and my focus and I had a knack of being able to talk, Simon, believe it or not, even though I can't get my words out this morning. So, a combination of being able to talk, debating at school level, being an okay public speaker and a red-hot passion for sport lends itself naturally to sports media broadcasting. Okay, so how
0: did you get into the sports world of sports presenting?
1: Uh, it's sheer happenstance Simon, this is sort of what happened to me rather than something that uh, I orchestrated, the long and short of it is I was uh, I was required to do an internship back when I was 20 years old in order to complete my university degree which is in business management so completely unrelated to sports media and I was lucky enough to get an internship with ESPN and ESPN had recently acquired the rights to the FIFA Confederation's Cup which no longer exists, it used to be this tournament whereby the winners of each confederation, so champions of the Euros, champions of the Copa America, the AFC etc. would face off in a tournament and you know this would be a mini World Cup of sorts, nowhere near the same level of popularity. So CNN acquired, I say CNN, ESPN acquired rights to the Confederations Cup, but looking for new presenters to sort of you know just freshen up the roster that they had. Um, and I was the only one in the office who knew anything about uh, South American football and European football. so. uh, It was the luckiest of lucky breaks, the most fortuitous sort of situation. I went in for an audition or a screen test, next thing I know I was on there for the next 15
0: days. Okay, and how old were you then?
1: I was 20 going on 21,
0: so 10 plus years ago now. Okay, so it's soccer football you deal with. Did you study in England?
1: Yeah, I went to Loughborough, did a Masters in Small uh, Business and Innovation, also did a Diploma in Journalism here in England, so yeah, a lot of my, well I say a lot, almost the entirety of my education has been here actually.
0: Ah, but were you born in England?
1: No, nope. I've got uh, Indo-Persian roots, a uh, bit of an expat upbringing, so I spent a lot of time actually the first four years of my life in England, in Nottingham out of all places. Uh, moved to the States as well, so I lived in Sunnyvale in California with my father, I went and studied in Cambridge, not the one in England, the one in the US, next to Boston in Massachusetts. All of my adult life in London, but of course uh, the roots are very much Indian.
0: How did your father feel when you said you're going to go for the sports presenter world?
1: He was was rather encouraging Simon. I think uh, at that stage of life, 2021, I wasn't really showing too many signs of promise any (laughs) professional (laughs) success and thankfully stayed out of trouble for the most part but i think he was just thrilled that i finally had something to work towards and something i could become successful in uh, in a short period of time sort of thing
0: okay that's good that's good what's been the thing that you know now that you wish you knew when you'd started
1: oh there's plenty in all honesty i think there's, there's something to be said about maturity and experience. So even if I were in you know, a magic wand in hand, be able to transport myself back and give my old self advice, I'm not sure that advice would be as conducive as, uh, as it appears on paper, Simon. The fact is, I think there's a lot I learnt about the industry, a lot I learnt about presenting and producing, that took years and years, and for what it's worth, I'm still learning at the moment. What I have learned is, uh, of course, networking in this industry is key. I think it's more about the the longevity and the stamina of desire rather than the intensity of desire. What I mean to say is, you may want to be a sports presenter more than anything on earth and that burning desire may last 18 months or two years because you'd be faced with dejection and disappointments left and right, you'll see a lot more of those and you'll see successful days. That's a given. However, if you have stamina of desire rather than intensity, i.e. if you can stretch that that want that that effort for over a six, seven, eight, nine year long period, which never is easy, quite frankly. Then you'll give yourself a very good chance of making a, making a name for yourself in the industry.
0: Mm-hmm. That's good. What would be your advice to somebody who's like 16 and wants to go into the sports presentation?
1: I'd say. Perfect the craft first. So work on your voice, for example. Uh, that was a big thing. Work on body language. Get as many reps in as possible. Have <laughs> patience. You know, that's Great. another thing. Patience is a virtue in any industry, uh, especially ours.
0: So look fit and healthy. Is what you're oh, saying? Yeah, if you
1: can, yes. I think that'll go a long way. And sometimes it can be uh, rather, unfortunately, a bit of a superficial industry, but I think that's changing. So that's uh, that's one positive, but. The other thing I'd say is that uh, it's going to be a tough journey, and I don't mean tough in a way where it won't be enjoyable. It'll be incredibly enjoyable, incredibly fulfilling, but it's not going to come easy. So that's a fair heads up that you know I'd like to share with anyone who aspires to want to be a presenter.
0: Mm, Okay. Was there any moment where you thought this isn't for me? I'm going into the wrong industry, and if so, how did you overcome that?
1: So not for the first six seven years, I'd say I was just so blindly passionate about succeeding in the industry that the thought never even crossed my mind. I'm talking proper late 20s, early 30s, and then I think I reached a point around the pandemic when work just dried up, given the fact there was no life support, but one, you know, one suddenly started thinking, well, there's no end in size in terms of the pandemic. And, you know, at some point I'll need a little more stability in my career, you know, and it needed to be a little more financially rewarding to be something I end up doing for the next 20 years sort of thing but uh, what I was able to do Simon was I set up my own sports media company two years ago so that takes up most of my bandwidth most of my attention most of my time it's been a fantastic pivot in some ways and yes I'm still presenting and I'm still flying over to the States for the Super Bowl for example still sitting down at Lords with famous cricketers and interviewing them in exclusive so all of the good stuff slowly and surely started coming back, but I think I gave myself a bit of a foundation with my own company, and that certainly helped. Mm.
0: So, what's the name of your company?
1: So, it's called Decipher Sport. It's spelled D E C Y F R. Very much an NFL focused platform, trying to grow the sport here in the UK.
0: Oh, okay, okay. Do you think NFL will grow that much?
1: I think so, I do think so, Simon, and it's not just because I have vested interest, of course, by way of my business, but the six NFL teams at the moment, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the New York Jets, uh, the Chicago Bears, San Francisco 49ers, Miami Dolphins and the Minnesota Vikings, were all investing uh, tremendous funds and tremendous resources to try and grow their fan base here in the UK. Uh, The NFL's been coming to London since 2007. They have three regular season games taking place this year. Uh, who's the Commissioner of the NFL, has clearly stated on multiple occasions that he wants part of his legacy to be the expansion of the NFL uh, to Europe. So it starts with the UK, goes on to Germany, and do keep an eye on Germany, that market is on the on the verge of, of really exploding in the nicest possible way in terms of NFL fandom. So to answer your question, yes, of course, I firmly believe the NFL will be a top four sport in the UK in the next five years.
0: Because. Was it last year or this year the Giants, pl- the Giants yes. played here, in the finals? The
1: Giants played the Packers last year, yeah, you right. Was
0: that the finals?
1: No, it was just a regular season game. But no. uh, why it was unique was because uh, the Packers had never played a game in London and they became the 32nd and final team to ever play a game in London. So there's 32 NFL teams. Each of them had played a regular season game in London, except for the Green Bay Packers, who are, of course, widely beloved. And they finally decided play a game in London against the New York Giants last year.
0: Uh, okay. And it all went well from a sportsman's point of view?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was a slightly cagey affair. I think the story going into the game was Aaron Rodgers, the long-time quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, who now finds himself at the New York Jets, funnily enough, ahead of the season. But um, uh, no, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers lost to the New York Giants. So in some ways, fantastic day for Giants fans. In other ways, uh, Slightly well, underwhelming for Packers fans. Mm-hmm. If
0: what it's okay, what would you say? I know you spoke about presentation, articulation, and things like that. What are the other real core key things that make a sports pre- presenter?
1: Knowledge is a big one. I think uh, you know, you will be in situations that you can't quite control always, whether that's uh, filming outside or whether red light camera ahead, thrown throw a curveball by a guest. So I think being able to, well being nimble and being able to move yourself out of those difficult situations needs a bit of knowledge. And as long as your presenting is underpinned by a body of knowledge, then uh, you, that certainly would stand you in good stead.
0: What's the career process like for somebody in a sports directing world, uh, presenting world? Because you get on the mic, you've got your cameraman and that, is that it or is there a progression up or how does it work?
1: there's no real sort of hard and fast you know Uh, people have approached it in various different ways sometimes you have people who go to university some don't even go to university for example and end up you know getting a role as a runner on a TV sports show for example Mm -hmm. what a runner entails of course is making teas and coffees and uh, getting printouts and and organizing uh, certain elements of meetings and things like that it's not very high level editorial role of course it's supposed to be a very entry-level Role to get people through the door. But so many people have been runners and they've sort of gone up the ranks and then become presenters, which of course is the ultimate aim. Others have come in at a more senior level, you know, as a broadcast assistant and then progressed to an assistant producer, for example, then gotten their chance to do voiceovers and packages, then reporting in Vision and then finally studio presenting. Uh, others come in from different industries, some come in from reality TV, so. There's various ways of skinning the cat and I don't think there's a hot and fast and, for what it's worth Simon, there's a lot of luck involved.
0: Oh, right face, right place at the right time. 100%. What about if your face fits? Does that, does that happen?
1: Oh, huge, hugely. I think uh, sensibilities are changing and I think what, uh, what sort of face fits a certain programme, of course, is very much an evolving process and I'm, I'm glad it is. But fundamentally, yes, I think whoever commissions a show has an idea of who the target audience is and what kind of face, voice, look and feel will best fit that target audience.
0: So if you work for ESPN, are they also based in India?
1: So i worked for ESPN Star Sports who are indeed based in India. And This was way back when, 10 years ago. And then I started uh, freelancing as a presenter for what became Disney Star. So ESPN became mm. Star Sports and Star Sports became Disney Star recently. So I became a Premier League presenter for them, based in the, <coughs> excuse me, based in the UK, but of course the output would go out to the Indian market.
0: Oh, okay, okay, that's good. What does the future hold for you?
1: Well I'd like to scale my venture, grow it, uh, you know, get some good business through the door, potentially sell it in a few years if that's what it comes to and uh, equally so keep broadcasting as and when good opportunities come. You know, I'm a little more selective and a little less proactive in terms of presenting opportunities but I've been lucky enough to still get a few of them that make sense, so I think a combination of those two would be the dream scenario.
0: Okay, that's good. Our last question is for you, if based on your life experience so far, and it's been a good interview by the way. You. If you can offer the, w- the world one piece of advice based on your life experience so far, what would that be?
1: I think it will be don't sweat the small things in life because uh, there's no point. Um, there's only so much you can control. So by extension, control the controllables and don't worry about the stuff you can't control. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, thanks, and remind everybody the name of your company if they want to follow you on social media.
1: So it's called Decipher Sports, D E C Y F L Sport, and it's on uh, Twitter and Alcoholics, uh, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, the whole nine yards, really.
0: Okay. Well, thanks a lot for that, and we wish you well. Thank you, Simon. Thanks for having me. We hope that episode enhanced your life. We post an interview every day, as well as vlogging on our social media channel. Don't forget to subscribe to get our latest episode.